0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristians.org message. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Last week, I started us off with a question, and I want to take us right back to it today. And the question was this. How you doing really. Now we all know that when we ask the question how you doing, that the most that we're expecting for a response is either like okay or good. In fact, it's really become a common greeting today as in hey everybody, how you doing? But when we pause, when we put the really into it, as in how you doing really? All of a sudden That question becomes one of the most important questions that an individual is able to receive, and it's an opening up of heart and life to another. It is the question that we need in these days to be taking out into our neighborhoods, with our families, and into our workplaces as well. As I have asked that question, how you doing, really? To scores of individuals. There are two responses that I'm hearing over and over and over again. The first response is, I am just so weary. I am worn out. I'm feeling like life has just ground me down. If that happens to be you or somebody that you know, then last week is a resource that I really want you to be able to go back or to share with them. The second response, and it is like neck and neck with that one, is the response, I feel fearful, I feel anxious, I feel afraid, I feel worried. And if that is something that you are feeling right now, in fact, this spirit of fear is even more contagious than the coronavirus right now. If it is something that you have felt in your life, would you just put that into the chat right now? Because we want to acknowledge that these fears that we're feeling are real. I mean, think about it. Think about the fear feeders that we have going on every day. We've got a worldwide pandemic. We've got economic turmoil. We've got social unrest. We've got political hostility that's going on. We've got um, unemployment that is in high, high ranks. And we talk about those things. All of them truly fear feeders. They're still kind of a generic thing, aren't they? When we really get down to individuals... Like a grade schooler who says, I feel afraid to go to school. I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. I'm afraid I'm going to make somebody else sick when I leave from there. Today, Barnard just released 18 to 35-year-olds. Do you know that two out of five, only two out of five, 18 through 35-year-olds right now feel optimistic about the future? They're looking at all the things around them, and it is causing them great anxiety, depression. I mean, the fear of suicide as it begins to pervade more and more. If you are a parent, there are so many things that you could be fearful about. And the point to all of this, kind of bottom line, is this, that these fears are legitimate. The real fear that you might be feeling right now is just that. And if that's the case, then what I'd like to offer to you is to be able to share real help and real hope that comes right from God. In fact, Mark, who was the very first biographer of Jesus, a very young follower of his, records an event in Jesus' life, and he keeps it really real. Let me share this together. In fact, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 40. You might want to just make a note either in your Bible or on your phone. Times of storms, times of fear in my life. And it is a passage that you'll want to go back to or be able to share with somebody else going through it. Mark tells us that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Now, he's referring to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So they're going to get into a boat and make the eight-mile trek across to the other side. So, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, and there were other boats with him as well. Verse 37 says, a furious squall came up. Now, we stop and ask, what is A furious squall. A furious squall on the Sea of Galilee would be tornadic winds that come whipping down upon them. You see, the Sea of Galilee is actually at 700 feet below sea level. We have the warm winds just from the west of the Mediterranean that come rolling down and across that. Yet, just 30 miles to the north, at Mount Hermon, it is 10,000 feet higher. So you get the cold winds that come rushing down across the Sea of Galilee. And if they happen to hit the warm winds from the Mediterranean, well, you get this weather phenomenon that is called a great squall. In fact, it creates big problems. It says the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You had six, eight, 10-foot waves that are coming, crashing over and filling up the ship. Now, verse 38 gives us an interesting note. It says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Do you know anyone who can sleep through anything? Our youngest son, Timothy, when he was an infant, we happened to be adding an addition to our house. So when Denise would be putting him down for a nap, there would be hammering and pounding and sawing and constant noise. And he learned just to sleep through it. In fact, he slept like a baby through that. And ever since then, he's an individual who can pretty much sleep through anything. There had been, sometimes, I will admit, that Denise has said to me, wasn't that a horrific storm last night? And I'm like, uh, what storm? Jesus was an individual who could pretty much sleep through anything. So it says that his disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind. Quiet! He said to the waves, Be still! Then the wind died down from tornadic winds to nothing, from eight to 10-foot waves to glassy sea. And then Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, our common starting point is this. The disciples were in a real storm in their life. They had real fears upon them. In fact, those that were fishermen, they would have known of this climactic phenomenon that can happen, these air masses that hit, and they would have known of people who had lost their lives in them. The other disciples, not fishermen, not boat people at all, I mean, they were there not only in fear, but in an absolute like helplessness. They didn't know what to do other than throw water or maybe lean over the ship to be throwing something else up out over it at that time. So in that real situation, Mark gives us three questions, a question that the disciples ask and two questions that Jesus asks. and these are the same questions when we find ourselves in time of truly real fear and truly a great storm that we're finding ourselves in the midst of. First question the disciples asked Jesus, and it was this, Jesus, don't you care now you may wonder is that a real question (laughs) it was a real question because they were focused on themselves and like jesus we are in in trouble in fact i know it's a real question because i've asked that question to um to myself or to god at occasions in my life maybe you have as well Maybe you'd be as so bold as if you have asked that question at some point just to kind of put that into the chat for us as well, whether you add the circumstance or not to it. But when when we are in the midst of some storm and we are coming to this conclusion, I don't think God cares because if God cared, he wouldn't let me be here. If God really cared, he wouldn't let me be going through this at all. That is what we're throwing up to God. Now, the answer is truly an important answer. And it's one that I hope that we can get a deep, deep conviction of in our, in our heart today. Which is this. Yes. Yes, I care. In fact, God declares that he cares. 1 Peter 5 tells us this, to cast all of our anxiety, that means our fears, on him because, do you see it, he cares for you. Peter, when he wrote these words, may be thinking back to this very situation that he found himself in this day, and he realized, yes, Jesus did care and does care. Now, God not only says it, not only declares it, but he also demonstrates it. When God tells us, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that he proves his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Whenever we are asking the question, God, do you really care? We're coming to the conclusion, I don't think God cares. God just wants to refer us back to the cross, what Jesus was willing to go through for us, what he was willing to do in sending his son so that we could have hope and help in our lives in those times that we're questioning. Brings us then to questions two and three. When Jesus asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. In fact, whenever God asks a question, it's always for our benefit. And so in these two questions that Jesus poses, first of all, why are you afraid? Now, note that Jesus didn't say, why were you afraid. He's saying to them, why are you still afraid? In other words, why are you continuing to hold on to that which is causing fear in your life? Second question, similar, related, yet different. He asks this, why still no faith? Now, he's not saying, why didn't you have faith? But he's saying, in this moment, why, after I've done all that I've done, why still no faith it is, why not faith in me? In part, Jesus is asking these questions to be able to help us because he knows that both fear and faith are like moving sidewalks. As soon as you step on it, it is taking you somewhere. Jesus would know that both fear and faith are laddering dynamics that are in our life. Maybe you've heard the term laddering before. Here's and Here's a pretty obvious um, statement of fact, right? There's only one of two ways that you can go on a ladder. You go up or you go down. Those are your two choices that you have. Laddering can take place either downwardly in our lives or we can ladder upwardly. Example of downward laddering. We'll say, I forget to brush my teeth before I go to school. So when I get to school, I don't smile teacher sees me not smiling and asks me if I have an attitude problem. And I say, I don't have an attitude problem. To which I end up getting sent to the principal. To it, and he asks the same question. What's your problem? My attitude's on my problem. And I'm ended up suspended. Now, I do have a bad attitude towards school and decide I'm just done with the whole thing and I decide I'm quitting school. And so I quit school. I join a gang. I become addicted to drugs and alcohol, and now I'm homeless. The lesson is this. Don't forget to brush your teeth before you go to school. Now, it's downward laddering. There's also upward laddering, which could go something like this. I hear that there's a cereal drive at church for the food pantry. So I bring a box of cereal to church. I'm curious, so I go to the food pantry to see how it's distributed. There, I volunteer for an hour. I walk away realizing I'm going to give a bigger donation and I write a check to the food pantry for the good things that they're doing. Inspired by this, I choose to move from giving to tithing in my church. And there I learned that I can't outgive God. I decide I am going to join one of the groups at church. And I do, and I begin to build faith-building friendships there. I say to my group one day, why don't we all go to the food pantry and volunteer down there for a morning? My group says, why don't we invite some of our friends from work to go with us and join us in this? And so we do. And our friends from work come and we join on a Saturday morning there. Our friends begin asking questions about Jesus. We invite them to church. They come with their families to church. They open their hearts to Jesus. Their families' lives are changed. Remember, you need to bring a box of cereal, to church. That is an upward laddering that takes place. Now, for us today, if we are really feeling a fear in our life, realize that fear is going to be a downward laddering process because fear is looking at a circumstance without God and without his grace. So we begin to look at COVID-19. We look at our jobless situation, and we begin to go down, 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 down as a result of that. Faith, on the other hand, faith is looking at the exact same circumstance, but factoring in God and his grace. And when we factor in God and his grace, we begin to be able to go up, and that laddering takes us in a very different direction. How do we start this faith laddering, right? Keep it really practical for all of us. Let's say that the bottom rung for moving laddering up faith-wise would be this. It's Jesus and his resurrection. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1 would remind us of this. There Paul says, I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. In fact, it is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. You talk about upward laddering that's going to be going on with that, right? Once I come to this ladder and take hold of it, Jesus is risen from the dead. I'm reminded that God does keep his word that grace will be available in my life, that he does care. And these are the promises that Jesus makes of being with me right now. One of the things that I've done, and I'm going to encourage you this week, if you would join me in, would be this. It's my journal. I'm not going to ask you to journal, by the way. My goal in journaling is to write one sentence a day in here. And let me tell you that 2020 has been Quite a year so far. But after I've read my uh, verse of the day, listen to the story that goes with that, I then open up, I've written in my journal, and I open up the front part where I've got several daily declarations. One of the daily declarations that is, I say it out loud, is this, Jesus is risen and he is Lord. That simple declaration sets a tone it gives me that first rung of the ladder to be able to deal with what it is either that i'm carrying with me or that i'm going to be facing in the day so here's what i ask you to do would you when you get up in the morning read the verse of the day and then would you out loud make this declaration not a rote statement but a declaration jesus is risen and he is lord And let that be a ladder step that's going to take you in facing what it is that you're doing. If you find yourself in a place of fear right now, in a place of anxiety, I can't tell you how much this can help you to get that right perspective and begin to move in the direction of hope and of help. So let me ask you, how are you doing today, really? If you find yourself in a place of storm, if you find yourself in a place of fear, and so many of us are there, remember, Jesus does care. And he is going to work in our life through faith see faith in jesus is really important in everyday life but when it comes to the storms of life faith in jesus is something that is just essential we don't have faith just in faith we have faith in the one who is risen from the dead and that power that he wants to bring to us and to help us to face what it is that we're facing in life. Worst case scenario, the eternal life that he will usher us into with him. Jesus knows how important that faith is, which is why he's going to ask these same questions. He's going to say, what are you holding on to right now? Why are you still afraid? And still no faith, which is trust in the resurrection, the event that changed the world and will change your life. From this, Jesus will also remind us, I don't want you in the storm alone. I don't want you facing this fear alone. It's one of the reasons that we know that faith-building friendships are just so important, so important in these days. In just two weeks, October, we're starting a faith initiative here. We're calling it experience. We want to experience Jesus, joy, his purpose, and peace in our lives. And one of the parts of that is going to be to participate in a four-week group. If you've never done this before, I'm asking you, would you please sign up for a group today? We think that we have groups for every age group, every walk of life and aspect that you might find yourself in. So if you just go to our website or on our app, you'll be able to look to find one of those. If we are in a place of fear, and we find ourselves alone, we're most vulnerable. If we find ourselves without Jesus, then we are completely without hope. Which is why I would say, if you have not yet received Jesus in your life, you really do have a cause for fear. and Jesus' great hope is that you will not try to make things on your own because you quickly find out that your resource will only take you so far, and that's when despair sets in and fear is always worse with despair. Jesus' word, his invitation to you would be this. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me trusts in me, Even though they die, yet will they live. And my friend, if you haven't received Jesus yet, his invitation would be to come to him today. The one who died on the cross, rose again, as the gospel tells us, to forgive us our sins, to bring us into restored relationship with God, and to be able to help us with that which we are facing in life right now. If you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, Jesus' words to us are these. Remember, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a strong mind. And he has done that so that we are able not only to face the fears that we might have, but that we can step into other people's lives and to be able to help them as well. One of the reasons to be in a group again, not only for what you might receive, but for the help that you are giving to them as well. I want to invite you to pray with me now for those that are in fear to come to the one who truly is the source and can ladder us out of it. For those that are ready to open themselves up to the resurrected Christ Himself. Jesus. Thank you that you care that you are with us in the midst of our storm then as the res- resurrected one that you will extend help and hope to each and every one of us. When we are feeling that grip of fear upon us, we are going to choose to take hold of that first rung in the ladder that you are risen, that you are Lord, and then begin to move out of fear from there. For those that are here right now, Lord, they haven't trusted you yet, but they are ready to today. And as they come to you in repentance of their sin, believing that you've risen from the dead and asking you, Jesus, please, I receive you as my Savior and the Lord of my life. I pray that you will bring to them new life, new hope, New joy. We pray all this in your name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.